Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy or AFL Fantasy Podcast. Uh, today we're reviewing round 23 and the big grand finale for the Content Creators Cup and getting ready for the last round of the year. Let's go! G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter or X at Ball Boys Fantasy. Joined, as always, by Luke Rogerson. Mate, we have, we're nearly there. We, we've basically yeah, made it. We see the finish line, yeah. I think I saw, um, it might have been Warney tweeted at some stage this weekend, like one one week to go, and I think I echoing that sentiment. You felt it. <laughs> yeah, I think there was a point there when... When I got I got to the point where I realised I really wasn't going to climb much higher. Yeah, all, all the teams. It, went, it's felt like that this season. I don't know if that's like typical. Yeah, all the, I guess to a point where all the teams are effectively the same. You're full of premiums, so you kind of you, you've made as much pushing as you can, mm. um, and it, it does get hard to get up. You know, to get up <laughs> yeah, for yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, for one sure. way to go. Well, yeah, first first year for us at the podcast, yeah. and, and you know we've. Uh, one week we've done, done every week where, where I've gone on holidays and you, you've yeah, taken the week yeah. off, kicked your feet up. <laughs> um, but no, it's been it's been good fun. It's been a good experience, and uh, you know I've had a little bit of something to keep me going. And uh, let's just start by a bit of this. You're the best. <laughs> He's had it queued up, people. Modesty in its finest form right now. <laughs> The but, content creator's champion. Congrats, yeah. mate. You know, I'm sitting here being all selfish thinking, you know, my season's done, I don't care. And you, you <laughs> won the Content Creators Cup yesterday. Yeah, Congrats, so it's, mate. Um, oh, look, it's been it's been a hard fought season. Guess is uh, I guess he's been, you know, he's started his own comp and he's he's chosen an extremely good year to do it. So yeah, he played he's been uh well. it's been a good side all year. I hadn't beaten him um this entire season. I think I lost to him in the last round. Lost to him in the uh, the first final, I think we might have had together. And then, um, and then, yeah, and only pipped just, him on this one. Just pipped him too. What? Yes. fourteen points, something like that. I think it changed to six or oh, twelve points. Wow. Yeah, there was a late change, so twelve points in the end. So it's that close. very, very close. My boy, we'll talk about him later. But my boy Brayshaw, yeah, got me there. Come through line, in the clutch. So. But there's but still yeah. the overall, the overall, still rankings. the overall. And I think I think I've got thirty-seven points on him, so okay. it's still tight. Like, yeah, it's very still tight. definitely. Definitely got either way, so still all to play for in the final round. But shout out to Tim Guest and the AFL Fantasy Fanatics for you know organising the Content Creators Cup and um, you know donating to a very very worthy cause and uh, giving up a bunch of money for charity. So yeah. very very generous for those guys. Yeah, really cool initiative for sure. For sure. Should we talk some box and flogs? Let's do it. And the winner. 
have the Norm Smith medal. You're an embarrassment to what you do, mate. You're an embarrassment. There are lots of embarrassments this week. I think the man who uh, talked about, or the quote came from, might come up later in the show, but uh, Brisbane versus Collingwood, with Collingwood going down to the Mighty Lions in uh, in Melbourne at yeah. Marvel Stadium. Not uh, not too much sort of fantasy-relevant yeah. bog- boggery in this game. Pendles wound back the clock with a 122, but... I guess some people, like Guesty, may have been holding on to Darcy Cameron. He knocked out just a low ton, and that could have well, been... His, his first half was definitely bog-worthy. I think yeah. he slowed down incredibly a lot um, once uh, Which the is Big Cox bit, came on. A little bit painful for uh, for those that do own him, but I, I guess if you're looking for a bog from that game, he's you know the highest fantasy-relevant scorer, so we'll run with that. He had 20 points in the second half, mm. had a 56-point second quarter, so started the uh, game on fire, 86 points in the first half. You thought you were on a massive one, and then he just limped to the end. Yeah, that's so. 160, isn't he? He's double yeah, it. Yeah, you that's, double it, right? Yeah. That's probably, he probably deserves the bog and the flog, doesn't he? Yeah, a bit of both. Uh, I'm going to give the flog, though, to, to Devin Robinson. Have you seen I this guy's... Oh, uh, is this the rig thing? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's lost his shirt halfway through the, the yeah. game. And do you know he, how many followers he's on Instagram he's picked up? No. He's picked up 25,000 followers since that No, he hasn't. <laughs> he has, yeah. He's what? gone up by 25,000 followers. Everyone's so the flog is really the, the thirsty... Gangsters out there giving him a follow on Instagram. I love how quick he was to just get rid of that shirt, just press the eject <laughs> button. It was just like, it's coming off, but boots, yep. see you later. BT with some good commentary there saying he is uh, not in any rush out there. He was loving it, I reckon. Yep. He he had a good time out there. Uh, that's so, funny. Yeah, nice one. I like that. Bit of vloggish behavior there. Uh, Richmond versus North Melbourne. Just a ripping game of footy here. Who's the who's the best on yeah, ground? Oh, this is a horrible game of footy, but I think the Shees deserves the best on ground. I think it was even his high score for the year. I want to say it was. The toughest thing... The toughest thing here about Sheasel is it got to a point for a lot of teams where you're looking at your team, you're thinking, okay, it's luxury season, who do I trade out? And there's kind of just that mental thing of like, oh, he's a rookie, you know, he had a a poor score a few weeks ago, you think, okay, shift off him. And I think, you know, at that point where most people shifted off, he's now gone bang, bang. I think he went 110 last week and now he's gone 130 effectively this week. Which is pretty painful. I think even mentioning that content creators cup, I think Guesty um, moved him on this week, he and did. that that could have yeah. even been the difference. I don't know who he traded in, but I think he went to Newman, so oh, okay, it so was still... it was not the worst. I mean, I think he still lost maybe four points with that trade, but it's, yeah, um, obviously if he yeah. traded someone else, it would have been much better for sure, for sure. But yeah. he's the bog for that one. Yeah, so just outstanding first season. I'm going to give the flog to um, our guy here, and I feel bad for recommending him a couple of weeks ago because look, he had 99 in the first game, which we, we thought was going to be that sugar hit, but this game, what do you have? 74. Yeah, uh, Jaden Short, just just rubbish. Yeah, like you'd think, you know, North Melbourne, you know, it was not that. Hot of a contest, like balls were flying around. There was marks to be had. Um, I just, yeah, would have thought that he would have done a little bit better. Um, but yeah, didn't no tackles. Um, and the twenty disposals, eighteen of them were um, kicks. So had the great ratio there, but just didn't get his hands on enough of it. So yeah, not good enough, Jaden. Um, this next, I think this next bog and flog combo kind of epitomised. This is your weekend. Epitomizes luxury season and just like the way it can go wrong. So my option and maybe for other people out there, it was similar, but my option this week was who do I move, like who do I trade out? Is it Flanders or Anderson, the two yeah. Gold Coast boys and thinking Carlton, hard match up. Because you, you could go both of them to a midfielder. We should specify this. Yeah, yeah, okay. I wasn't trading, you know, I wasn't trading Flanders out as a four. They were both yeah. sort of sitting in my midfield. So um, 
the yeah the choice was there, and I thought I'll you know sort of toss the coin, I'll go yeah. with a more established player, and I'll hold on to Anderson. The guy's got Flanders. getting more CBAs, you know. Yeah, yeah, and that's made, made sense. That sums up my weekend pretty much. So we traded uh, traded out uh, Flanders, and he went the one twenty. Anderson went like eighty or something. At least yeah. I traded in Laird, so at least I didn't trade in. Um, yeah, Clary, Clayton Oliver, uh, who was your other option, so that would have yeah. been an all time low. Flanders, Bog, Anderson. Yeah, Anderson flog. flog. Yeah, just just not good enough, mate. I, I was happy enough to see the uh, the back of him, but not so lucky for yourself. Uh, GWS versus Essendon, mate. We we nearly had a record in this game. Yeah. We were looking at this game ten minutes to go, and I thought it was going to happen. I didn't watch this game, but uh, I don't think that that I missed much. But this guy's not really super fantasy relevant, but. You've got to give him a shout When out. you pump out a 188, <laughs> um, Jesse Hogan just... Uh, Imagine him sitting in your draft league and you're in a prelim final. Did you see Marrera's Magic tweet today? No. So I think... Uh, then fact check me on this because I just really briefly kind of cruised over it. I think he got like sent Hogan to the scrap heap and his opponent this week picked Hogan up. Oh, no. I think. Like, I think that's what I... I'll find it. But that would uh, that would sting. That's yeah, killer. Just hope. drop a 180 on your head from someone from the waiver wire. Yeah. 190, basically. Oh, I thought he was going to get 200. That was, um, that was what I was hoping for, but uh, just couldn't quite get there in the end. The flog for this game, I'm going to give it to Essendon because let the man kick 10. Let the man kick 10. Yeah. Stop defending. The game's well and truly <laughs> over. Let him have his 10th one. Let him get his 200 points in fantasy, but... Uh, yeah, otherwise just a pretty pretty poor effort from Essendon there. Now, um, Saints and Cats, um, the... Oh, that is rough. Is, that's bad, mate. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. It cost me 340 points. Ouch. Now, very popular VC option this week was Rowan Marshall, and he... I'll say he didn't, didn't disappoint, but there were a few people that were getting out on Twitter in the first little bit saying, hang on a second, you know, where's this massive score from you, Romar? And he kind of come good in the end. Yeah, you get building... I think every quarter was sort of like better than his last. So yeah, he, due, um, due to my loop situation, I had to um, get ballsy and put the C straight on him. So I was very happy when he came good in the end. Yeah, who, because, who did you Because remember I did my stupid trades and so I didn't end up bringing oh, in the rookie loop. That's right, that's so right. Okay, I well, VC'd Merritt. Um, there you go. Oh, yes, yeah. I do remember. Yeah, okay. Well, luckily you had a well big 140 well. and the big boys there to save you. <laughs> um, all right, let's go on to... Oh, flogging this game. I couldn't really think of anything. There was not anything really to be floggish about. Um, Mish Duncan for getting himself suspended for next week. Um, maybe that's where I'll go. But other than that, not too much going on here. Controversial game of the round, Adelaide versus Sydney. Yeah. Uh, let's start with some positives first. Best on ground. Well, Lady, Lady, I think, is the best on ground. And it's just been getting it done. There was a, a couple of weeks ago, people were going, oh, you know, the Adelaide run, is it is it as good as some of the other people's runs? But if you traded in Lady a couple of weeks ago, you're pretty you're pretty happy with it, I reckon. So yeah. um, he just keeps getting it done. Hopefully he does again this week. We're going to talk learnings probably start of next season. But one of the learnings, just what's fresh in my memory here, is is just get the best players. Uh, like, I know, I know yeah. we talk a lot about, like, run and fixtures and things like that. That, but me picking like Sarong last week over Rory Laird yep. has cost me a fair amount of points. Um, and I think that when you have those guys who are just just that notch above the rest, yep. you want to just tick all those boxes first before you start mucking around with with things. And, and Laird, to me, falls into that bracket. Unless there's like a clear tag, like the McGuinness kind of thing that yeah. was there for Clary this week. But it, It's interesting because there there is evidence both ways. And that's the thing that throws yeah, you is like, tough. is which way do you go? Cause so, so this week you say, okay, Bont with a great matchup and he goes 140. You yeah. know? And so you go, well, then, you know, the evidence is go with the matchup. But then you've also got, you know, things that go the other way. Like Sarong had the great matchup. Yeah. 
Pops his lowest score of the, the season. Yeah. So it's, I, um, I thought the same thing. I, I was tossing up between a Tom Green and a Trelaw this weekend. Yep. And um, I was like, oh, Tom Green's probably the, the better player. The, yep. the guy's done it for most of the season. I'll go with him. And um, felt like 118, I think he scored, or 120. And I was like, happy with that. And then Trelaw obviously goes 140 or whatever he did. So, yeah, yeah like you said, evidence both ways, but... Shows there's still a bit of luck involved in this game. I Absolutely reckon. a bit of luck. Bulldogs versus Eagles. What about your flog from the Adelaide oh, Sydney game? Oh, shit, yeah. I'm glossing over. Flog for this game. Goal umpire. Yeah, Bowles would be filthy if you missed out on that one. What What are you doing? <laughs> Just go to the go to the review. Like it's They bad, review eh? every goal under the sun these days. And, and this one, they just went... <laughs> Nah, let's let's back him in. Let's go. It was a point. Maybe um, that maybe that umpire was just feeling the pressure from you know all those shit reviews, and he thought, "Now nah, I've I've seen something." Yeah, he's, he's, well, he hasn't. He's, yeah, he's that was just that was an almighty deflection. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, that's um that's filthy because obviously Adelaide are now mathematically eliminated from finals. Yeah. Um, Fuck, whereas rough. they would have still had a chance. Look, it would have been a long shot potentially, but I mean, maybe not. They they had a good percentage, so um, Bulldogs helped him out too. Yeah, so that's... That is rough. That is rough. That is rough. Now, speaking of uh, disappointments, the Doggies losing to the Eagles wasn't great, but from a fantasy perspective, we had three times 140 scorers. I wonder how many times that's happened. That's, um, yeah. From the same team. Can't be too many times, and in a loss, mind you, as well, so... Yeah, Yeah, pretty pretty wild. So, English, Bont, and Trelaw, you guys can share the the bog on that one. Yeah. Top three big boys, all, all 140 plus. Yeah. Although I think they're all very, very popular choices, pretty obvious ones. Flog, I'm going to give it to Bevo because number one, you lost to the West Coast Eagles. Number two, you, you've potentially cost your, your club out, out of finals. And number three, just continue to fuck us around here. Jack McRae. Are there people that still own McRae? Sure. I hope not. Sure. Oh, I hope, hope Holmes doesn't still have it. But um, yeah, just, yeah, like. What are you doing? Like the Eagles, like maybe they were holding on for this matchup and he no gets liver. tactical sub, no Libba. McRae's just not doing anything. I think McRae can also share in this because he hasn't, you know, I don't know what he's doing, but it's just not not really what we want to see from our from our player. He playing defensive half, so not really playing forward. He was just not getting it done. So yeah. subbed. Um, oh yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Bevo is, uh, you know, Feeling the heat on his seat there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, second last game of the round, Melbourne and the Hawks. I've got the bog here as the Finn. Oh, this is not, you sicko. Yeah, I'm a sicko. Only because I don't own Clary. If I own yeah. Clary, it'd be a different story. But um, This was just at least you didn't trade in. Yeah, at least I didn't trade him in. Some yeah. people might have. I might have got a little bit of a leg up. But did you see the interesting comments that came out of this game with um, Simon Goodwin? Yeah, he hates getting the ball. Throwing a little bit of shade. See, I don't... Yeah. I didn't watch the game, so I don't know if there was, you know, scragging going off and holding off the ball and stuff like that. But if you're playing within the rules of the game and your tactic is to, to he's nullify... Done. He's done his job, hasn't he? That's what I mean. It's like if, if Sam Mitchell looks at it and goes, hey, we don't care if Finn McGuinness touches the ball as long as Clayton Oliver doesn't and that puts us in the best position, then... Yeah, if Melbourne were doing that and they, their guy did as good of a job he would, he wouldn't be saying anything I, bad about I don't him. Think he'd, so. be, he'd be giving a pat on the back. But, I don't think yeah. so. But no, interesting. He, he, he's a beast. He obviously, he's probably the best tagger in the game right now. I wonder and, if uh, he'd used his new catchphrase this week. <laughs> oh, I hope not. I hope You've not. been fingered, <laughs> Clary. I was hoping we would avoid that. <laughs> um, flog. I'm going to give it to Sicily. Sick dog, mate. You made my weekend more stressful than it needed to be. After your teammate Will Day went down with the cramps after having a great three quarters, I was hoping you could step step up and uh, and give me something about that last quarter. Ten points, man. 
just not good enough. <laughs> Didn't happen. And uh, yeah, made me sweat a little bit more for that matchup on the weekend. Lucky I got through, but yeah, I haven't got any of the bloody good Sicily scores this year. Just two yeah. sub ninety scores so far. So well, mate, he, he smashed in the last round last uh, last year. Yeah, so perhaps he can do, do a redo. redo. And now segueing to a guy that did help you with your win, and Andy Brayshaw got it done for you in the end. He was the one that. Uh, Got you yep. across the line. Yeah. He was the he's, bog he's as well. probably been my favourite trade-in in the year. I think I traded him in for a 150. He's gone and won basically 120 here to seal the victory in the Content Creators Cup. So one of my favourite fantasy players. The Flog is his teammate who I traded in last week. And I've got basically his two lower scores for the entire year. Yeah, yeah. Um, Caleb Sorong. Yeah. Both. Just... I think he got 86 both weeks. Yeah. Um, or 84. He might have been I changed he... too. But yeah, just... Mate, come on. And he's the example of the opposite of what we were just talking about. You trade him in for a West Coast matchup. You think, yep. okay, this is this is what we do at this. You know, this is what all the, the podcasts are giving the advice on. And he, you know, gives you two stinkers. Yeah, but can't be sometimes. But yes, he is the flog for this one. Beautiful. All right. So let's move on to the next segment here. Okay, one of the players we were nervous about going into the round and someone who was actually trading until LDU was yep. a late out was yep. Sam Doherty. He did make it through the entire game there. Didn't score all that well. Um, do we think that the Doctor plays l- this week? A little bit, sorry. What did you say, sorry? I was just going to say, do we think he plays this week now that Carlton have cemented uh, a spot? They've got a spot. Um, do they have anything else to play for? No, not really. They, they don't have a chance of getting in the top four. So, yeah, it could potentially be someone that they look to rest if he is still carrying a bit of bit of an injury. And the, the shitty thing is, is they play the last game of the round at 6-10 yeah. on a Sunday. So, we're not going to have concrete information are they traveling? No, they're at they're at Sydney as well. Oh, sorry, they're at Melbourne as well. So it could be one that we don't find out till a little while. Hopefully, it's named up if he is out. Um, to me, it looked like he was getting around okay. Like it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't really lingering him. Um, so fingers crossed that he's all good. You're not going to hold because he's not really in my trade plans at the moment. And I don't think you're going to hold a trade to that last game of the weekend. I think so. Like if he were to be a late out, like you hope that's not the case, but. And there'd be really no one to go to because I think they're playing GWS. Yeah, they're playing the last game. So, I mean, you so, go to what? Well, in Newman if you didn't have him. but Oh, yeah, Newman would be, yeah, that would probably be the, the prime target, obviously. But I guess that's, you know, a lot of people have him if now. If you've got so. both. Yeah, so we'll have to keep an eye out for that one. Like you said, they're, they're kind of locked into the spot there. They've kind of got fifth at worst, um, you sixth, know, sixth. Yeah. So it's not really like a huge make or break. Yeah. They've got home field for that first game. They're not making the top four. So, if he is just a bit sore, it might make sense to rest him. So, we'll wait and see on that Something one. Something to keep an eye on. Like we sure. said before, Jack McRae, tactical sub. Um, what, what do we do with this information when it comes to next year and how McRae has done this season? Because, like, how do we view this second half of the, the year for him in terms of, like... like where he, does that leave he, him for next year? Is he cooked? Year? Like, is it just the fact that he's playing this shit role... If well, we see a change in coach, like if Bevo's gone yeah. at the end of the year, are we are our hopes reinvigorated? I think there has to be. If Bevo is gone, I think there has to be some reconsideration for all of those Bulldogs midfielders and yeah. their roles. But the fact it, it's hard to point to the shit role when you get tactically subbed. Like the coaches, the yeah. coaches not subbing somebody that they think can impact the game in, in some way. That for me says you're very much on the outer of the game plan. Um, yeah. Do you know what I mean? That just that, how can that fill you with any confidence, even going into next year? I um, 
Yeah, yeah, it's a tough one. It's a definitely tough one. Obviously, we'll, we'll cover it plenty in the uh, in the preseason next year. Yeah. But just sort of, yeah, while we're fresh into it, it is kind of like a how can you have much confidence on this kind of a player? Yeah. Next guy, another defender, maybe having a bit of a question mark over his head going into the weekend. Will Day. Yeah. The quote was that he was carrying some injuries and cramped up, so they chose to rest him with the game seemingly out of reach. I saw they said. Um, that he was rested for the final eight minutes. I would have thought it was longer than that. Didn't do anything in the last quarter. Um, yeah, basically didn't get on the he field. Stopped, so, um, yeah. So uh, if he's just cramping up, like that's that's not something you'd hang him uh, out for. But I'm again, ner- nervous I don't about have some of these defenders. Too much to play for, really. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, the good news is he plays the first game on the Saturday. So we'll get, some, we'll get some news. And there's not really much happening on a Friday night, so you should kind of know before you make your trades. Yep. Yeah, for sure. I'm very worried about some of those defenders after making the... Um, the Zeeble move. Aggressive <laughs> Zeeble move for, yeah. no, for no benefit. That yeah, was yeah, horrible. Yeah, for sure. Um, same team, Finn McGuinness. He's still clamping, guys. Now, I want to get your opinion. Yep. They've got Frio next week to finish it out. Yep. Who does Finn go to in that matchup? Because I've got a few Frio players in my team. and um, You're looking to trade one of them out? Maybe both. Well, okay. Maybe. Well, that's where I was going to go. I was going to say, oh, it's roulette if you choose which one to trade out because yeah. he could always go to the other one. That's he's shown right. in the last few weeks, he's shown that he'll go to an outside player or go to an inside player. So yeah. Brayshaw, you know, obviously Sarong. Um, if you can clamp Oliver to a sub-70 score or a Josh Kelly to a 30... Like that's he's a real danger deal. territory. He's right the there. real deal. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if you if you have the uh, ability to trade out both, who would you go to? You go to Clary and someone else. Yeah, I'm not not 100 sure at this <laughs> stage, but um, I, I don't know how much money I would I would have to sort of play around with um, with a couple of sideways moves. But oh. I think that if I had to guess on a Monday afternoon, Monday evening, yeah, I reckon he goes to Sarong. Okay, I feel like he's been. The better player for Frio for most of the season. He's probably more impactful in terms of, you know, his yeah, possessions probably do a bit more damage. Um, but that's a total guess, really. Yeah, I guess with that one, so you, you go a few different avenues, like you mentioned, potentially moving on both of them. Otherwise, watching really closely during the week to see if there's any hints in press yeah. conferences or anything like that. I never trust coaches when that's, they speak as well, we've, though. We've seen that too. Yeah. So uh, I feel like it would be awful in that situation to move on one of them and pick, pick incorrectly. Pick the wrong one, yeah. So I don't know where that could leads Could he go you. to Hayden Young? Isn't, isn't Hayden Young going to someone else? Isn't Hayden Young? Oh, he hasn't been tagging in the last couple of weeks. Um, I don't. I mean, he's probably he... got the best kick out of those guys. Yeah, I don't think he's going to Hayden Young. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought. But I think it'd be Bray Shaw. That's maybe optimistic. But yeah, I think yeah, there is a, definitely a play to trade out both those guys if you have both. But it'll be something that we'll monitor throughout the week. Yeah. Um. One little again, last thing on that game. Uh, Sicily spent a bit of time in the midfield in that third quarter, which I thought was interesting. That's not what owners want to see. He scored pretty well doing it, so I think he had his best quarter in that third, and then he went back into the defense after Will Day sort of got his cramps. So I think, yeah, um, yeah just something to monitor. I believe they had a laid out with one of their mids in that game as well. Yeah, so, was out. Yeah, so I think if that changes, I'd expect him to go back to defense. He did us a little bit in the last year when they were experimenting, but yeah, I just thought that was interesting. 
And you popped a note in here about teams out of finals contention. Does anyone get rested? Who yeah. are you looking at for I just, this one? I just sort of <clears throat> sort of thought, you know, there's uh, a few teams or a few more teams this week that are now statistically, um, you know, incapable of making finals. And, and does that mean that anyone sort of gets parked up early? So, Geelong. You know, obviously, yeah, you know, um, Geelong. I don't know whether, you know, does, does they just say park up Tommy Stewart or... Um, You'd be the only one we're really worried about. Yeah, even, I guess, you know, like a team like Essendon and, and you said the Western Bulldogs as well. Yeah, they're still statistically a chance, but... I mean, I think if... Don't correct me if I'm wrong. Hold on. Where, who's who's in eighth right now? GWS. So GWS, GWS take on Carlton in the, oh, last, the last game of the game. round. So, so if Carlton beats them, then the Western Bulldogs and Essendon could still have a tilt. So Essendon take on Collingwood and... Yes, yeah, so Essendon play first. Take on the Cats. So they've got a bit more to play for. And then, so you think it, Essendon would still come out firing? The Bulldogs would still come out firing? Oh, I don't... I, Essendon would have to win by an exorbitant an amount of points amount. to, yeah, to yeah, leapfrog GWS. True, true, so it's probably only Western Bulldogs that you're looking at there. Um, but um, yeah, Geelong, Richmond, so, uh, Adelaide, yeah, they're the kind of teams that have been eliminated now from contention. Are they potentially? You know, is there potential for? Early? Well, I reckon maybe someone like a Matt Crouch might be even a potential because he's kind of only come in through like necessity. Maybe yeah, they, maybe they use some. They've been trying to get some of those kids running through there. Um, in the midfield, maybe you see less of a Matt Crouch. Yeah. Or um, I'm pretty sure Sloan had a bit of a, a an injury in, in the game as well. I don't think you'd see him come back. Um, Richmond, obviously, you, you're not seeing Jack and 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 Koch there. Yeah. Um, are they are they pulling Dusty? Are they pulling um, Taranto or anything like that? Yeah, I think that it's it's more just sort of like a general flag to say that the the op the it could be some it could be some carnage. Yeah, and I just think it's like one of those ones where if if Dustin Martin just pulls up a little bit tight on the track, what do you stand to gain? So it's it's not one of those, you know, it's not maybe that they're specifically injured, but yeah. if if Dusty says or you know, I'm just using him as an example, hey, look a little bit tight, yeah, all good park up, you know what I mean? So Dusty's on the going to the Gold know, Coast now as well. On so. the GC, see him down <laughs> the showgirls. Yeah, yeah um, look out. Yeah, I don't know. Just a little little flag there. Yeah, I think it's definitely something to keep an eye on, but obviously we'll we'll find out a bit more when it comes to Thursday night teams and the Friday night extended squads. We will, we will. All right, let's go into a bit of this. Oh, the last chop of the season. The oh, final let's chop. go. It's the final chop. So obviously, first on the first name on the chopping block is Jack Siebel, who <laughs> Why did I try to be? You traded in just this last week. I was nervous going into my matchup with Timmy um, yeah. that Zebel was going to go monster. I, I um, got to the point where um, you know I didn't stand to lose anything and didn't really stand to gain anything. Yeah. So I was like, have oh, a crack, yeah, what? a bit of fun. But yeah, it's probably come back to bite me this week. I'll- yeah, so he's got to go. He's obviously not playing this yeah. weekend that we knew last week. Um, Jack McRae, I think, is definitely someone if you don't have him, or if you have him still, he can go. But yeah. another defender, Jaden Short and Will Day. Where do you think those boys stand? Like how urgent do you think those are? Those guys are getting out. Say Will Day is named and he's there. On yeah, if Saturday. Will Day, if Will Day is named, then I think you hold him over Jaden Short. I'd agree. Um, it, it looked as though he uh, still has the scoring potential. Short, he hasn't been inspiring in the last couple, but you might find yourself in a position where you have to hold him. Um, but if 
you're looking at short and you're looking at the rest of the team and thinking, you know, rest of the team's pretty solid, then I'd be happy to move on short, especially if you can move him up to like someone like a Newman, Newman or, yep. um, you know, one of those big dogs that you don't have. I'd definitely. Yeah, I, I think it. short's definitely a pretty, pretty easy guy to get out of your squad at this stage. Will Day, uh, he's in my team. He's, you know, maybe on the chopping block for me, depending on if I want to get rid of both those Frio guys. Brad Crouch, is he someone that we can get rid of? I think he just got to his ton, but he's... He's kind of been doing okay. He's, he's turned up three of the last four, but he did have that sixty-eight in the uh, in uh, in between those ones there. So, is do we feel like he's back to scoring? He just took a couple quarters off and didn't didn't try in those last quarter of the, that final game and the first quarter of the next one. Yeah, potentially to take on the Lions at the Gabba uh, on Saturday. They got something to play for, don't they? Saturday yeah, afternoon. So, um, I think I would be moving him on, but there's a few guys I'd move on before. So if you're holding on to like a Noah Anderson, ditch Noah Anderson first, obviously Jaden Short, be moving on Shorty. Um, I think I'd even move on Will Day before I'd move on Crouch, to I'd be probably honest. would too, yeah. Um, I think Crouch has the potential to to get it done a little bit more. So there's, yep. you know, yeah, if you, your team's looking really good, then maybe Crouchy goes, but um, a lot of guys before that. Let's talk about Andrew Brayshaw and Caleb Strong. <laughs> if you could only trade one, say you've got both those guys and a Zeeble, Let's say, who are you trading? Is it Sorong oh, just because he's not getting it done? Is it oh, Brayshaw? Perhaps it, well, the, the McGinnis tag comes into it as well. Uh, look at, at this time in the season. I think I would actually. I think I'd trade Sorong beforehand yeah. because he's not getting it done. Um, but I actually I think that McGinnis is more likely to go to Brayshaw than to Sarong. But this is more that outside player? This is the yeah, I think so, and can be more damaging if he's out there getting plus sixes streaming yeah. streaming through. But this is the, like something that I want to talk about as well is you know, just because we decide to sit in front of a camera and put headsets on, like <laughs> yeah, we got no idea. We don't fucking know. So <laughs> like and hopefully people who um enjoy listening to us realise like we we know all the same shit as you guys. We just you know, decided to talk about it in front of a camera. So, try, try to have our reasoning out there and explain yeah, you know, please, our thought process. We're Just sort of think of what we're kind of doing as just like a sounding board discussion yeah. because, um, you know, don't think that somehow... If, any, if anyone does have some insights, like yeah. some Frio fans, drop it down in the YouTube comments and... Um, let us know. Let us know, like, because we would all very much, we we all ears. Yeah, we certainly don't profess to know, um, you know, a heap more than anyone else. When people hit us up on Twitter, like, oh, you know, what do you think of this? I always feel a little bit bad because I'm like, oh, this is what I think, but trust yeah, me, yeah, it yeah, doesn't come yeah. from a better position than what you might think either. So. Yeah, just sounding boards and, you know, and, and people, you know, I mean, I, I've done this before, like, you, you ask for someone's opinion, doesn't mean that you're going to go ahead and do that, you yeah. just, like, want to hear what people have to say, so. Yeah, I don't want to feel um, responsible for people making a trade that goes poorly. That's right, people, oh. people pull the trigger, they press the button, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just that little disclaimer out right there, first of all, yeah. but, look, I, I think I'd go Sarong out to... I don't know, though. I think this, yeah, flip a coin really on this one. So I would love to hear if anyone has an inside word. A couple of fours that you could be on the chopping block here. Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great, but having a whole closet full of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, you're sure to find your next closet go-to from American Giant. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. 
That's American-Giant.com, code S-T-A-P-L-E-2-0. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Stephen Canelio. I think they're coming up against Carlton, who have been restrictive. And Cogs has been... I mean, he was decent on the weekend, but he's pretty... He's been... Like pretty subpar the last, sort of last three to five weeks. Um, you know, he's had that one 129, but a couple of 90s, that 63 in there against Paul and Carlton, a tough matchup um, this week. I think that if you wanted to make a, a funny play and, and get someone like a, uh, a Tex Walker, or a Walker he, he might be one of the guys that I would be happy to trade out. Yep. But what are your thoughts on trading out a Tim Taranto instead? Because he is also been a very uh, underwhelming player this second half of the season. I think, yeah, and, and to be fair, just looking now, his his last month has been equally as subpar. Um, He's got know, port as, as if, well. So. If not worse. So, um, yeah, I, and my initial thoughts were I, I'd trade Cornelio before I'd trade Taranto, but I don't know if my thoughts are jaded by what, he's, mm. what he did previously in the season. I'll throw something at you. Is, is Tim Taranto a potentially underpriced option next year? Which sounds ridiculous to say. He's he'll be priced at like 114. I, I actually think it's more the opposite. I actually think he okay. kind of overachieved during that okay. time. Um, so his price because won't I be... never when I thought of Tim Taranto, my head was always like 108 to 110, 111. Yeah, you never um, thought. I never thought 120. So just to clarify, the way the pricing works, he won't be priced at whatever he finishes this season on. It will be. It will then go back. No, so because across. he's played more than ten games, he yeah. he's whatever he averages, that'll be his okay. price. He'll it's be good. priced at basically one fourteen, which is yeah, what he's okay. averaged so far. Yeah, right. So yeah, I think that's probably a bit bit overs. Okay, or well, maybe yeah. roughly about it's fair value. I'd say yeah. he'll also only be a midfielder, so he won't be a forward yeah, as he well. Won't have that so benefit. Um, yeah, I just think you're probably looking for more value than than him at this stage. But you know, potentially, he he obviously did it for a fair fair stretch yeah. there, but. I always felt like that was a little bit over, so I was never expecting that, personally. All right. Should we talk about some trade targets? Who are we getting in Let's do at it. this Let's time? Trade targets. Trade targets. All right. So, talking defenders, I think Nick Newman has just gone absolutely crazy these last sort of five or six rounds. Yep. Um, and I think he's definitely a clear guy that if you don't have him, he is... You, you can't deny the form. Had that 50-point last quarter, 125. He's gone over 120 in, f- in his last four games, which is just absolutely bananas. Um, so he's definitely someone that if we're talking about next year, we should definitely put in a little black book yeah. there because he's going to be priced around that 100 mark. But based on what he's been doing, he could easily be someone that goes 105 to 110 for, we were, for a season. We were too stubborn on him, hey? Yeah, I, I didn't see this coming, to be honest. Um, I didn't I didn't quite see the subtleness in terms of his like role change since you know uh, round seventeen eighteen, um, yeah, I guess I guess with Doherty going more into the midfield, he's taken more of that um, general in the back there and, yeah. and distributing the ball a little bit more. So, yeah, definitely, um, definitely a subtle role change that's paid dividends in terms of his scoring. 
For sure, for sure. So, yeah, he's probably got to be the number one target if you don't have him, I would have thought, based I, on I definitely would, would agree. Um, talk to me about these two guys and give me your opinion on splitting them. Luke Ryan versus Harry Sheasel. Both of them with decent ceilings. Um, I guess somewhat unique. Sheasel probably a bit more highly owned. Luke Ryan has the Hawthorne matchup. Yeah. You wouldn't have thought that he cops a McGinnis tag sense. or anything like that, right? No, I wouldn't have thought so. Um yeah, that's yeah. We've talked about this before, but I don't feel like Luke Ryan's the most damaging bike, yeah. despite the fact that he always wants to pill in his hands. Yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, I think I think Luke Ryan has maybe the slightly higher ceiling. Like I, I can see him giving you a one fifty on his week, but I don't know whether Sheasel does. Um, well, Sheasel's now got no Zebel playing Gold Coast. We're actually a decent matchup. Yeah, for, he does. But he's had Gold Coast, he's had no Zebel a couple of times during the year, and he still True. hasn't shown us that kind of like one fifty massive. No, ceiling. no, no. But I, th- I but think maybe more confident that he gives you at least a hundred. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, Luke Ryan might drop below the hundred, below the hundred a little bit more frequently. So I guess that probably comes down to what you're hoping for. If you're happy to cop an eighty and you just want to swing for the fence, you know, maybe a Luke Ryan's the go. But if you feel a little bit more confident that you want that like one ten, then maybe Sheasel against the Suns is is the play. Luke Ryan strikes me as a player that in a game where they're not really playing for all that much that he'll just pad his stats a little bit just to, just to finish out the nuts. season. Yeah, he I reckon. Does, he does strike. He's that kind of guy, doesn't he? He, he does have the, the thirst about him, that's for sure. Um, so let's move on into the def, uh, sorry into the midfielders. Um, rank these guys here for yeah. me. Rory Laird, Clayton Oliver, and Tom Green. How would you go about ranking those guys? Uh I reckon I'm actually putting Clayton Oliver at the top of the list just because I don't think that he's going to finish the regular season like that on two shit games. I think that would have really irked him yeah, a little bit. And it's and the fact that the coach has publicly come out and, and talked about that whole McGuinness tag, I think that he's going to be out for blood. Yeah. Um, I, I tend to agree. I, I tend to agree. And I think I've heard the great man Selby talk before about like the week after a great player gets tagged. They're yeah. gonna they like you know, you get that freedom when you come into a matchup without a tag. I believe they've got Sydney, I wanna they say. Do. They have yeah, Sydney. so not the easiest of matchups. Um and they will still have a fair bit to play for. Um so that's like my only hesitation. Rory Laird does have West Coast. He and Matt Crouch, who you've got on this list, do have West Coast. And and I think that there could potentially be a little bit of a chip on the shoulder for the Crows this week. Even though they're now statistically not a chance to yeah. make the finals, I reckon they would just be absolutely fucking filthy this week and maybe even just coming out and just, we are going to annihilate yeah. West Coast this week. You know what I mean? We're just going to... Absolutely. Point to prove. pissed off. Fuck you, AFL. Like, we, there, we could have been in the finals. I think there could be a little bit of that. I mean, that's yeah. that's how you'd feel if you were playing oh, finals, I would. Yeah, I would like, be slighted this. for sure. Yeah. So and for that reason, I... I I've listed them in this order because I I still think if I don't have any of those three, I'd you still go be Laird. going Laird first because of the Laird matchup. It. Yeah, yeah, it's a good um, point. I mean, Laird and Oliver both have a reason to feel uh, yeah PO, don't they? Yeah, they could both games? be big. Um, tough one to to split, I reckon. And then Tom Green, he's got a tougher matchup it's this week Carlton. against Carlton, yeah. but he just seems to get it done. Like he went one eighteen against Port um, the week before, so he's playing high time on ground, high CBAs. Um, exactly what you want. They've got a lot to play for, obviously, in that game. Yeah. Well, we we think, unless both the other teams sort of fall over. Well, I mean, they could, um, they could be playing to make the eight in that game because uh, it's is it Essendon that if Essendon, Essendon and, and Bulldogs, yeah, yeah both so of them, if Essendon if get up. Um, oh, and, the Bulldogs more so with the percentage. Sorry, but, doggies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if the doggies get up on um, on Saturday night, 
against Geelong, yeah, then they'll know. have a lot to play for. Yeah, for sure. And I think if that is the case, he'll be he'll be one of the main guys, just getting in there and getting tackles and yeah, and going hard at it. So I, I think all three of those guys are sort of your, your top three options in the midfield. Maybe some other options we touched a little bit on Matt Crouch, but he he's been good recently. And of course, we've got the the West Coast matchup. My only hesitation is that, like, he's probably not their future. And when they are mathematically eliminated from the finals, like, is he going to be someone that makes way, maybe even as a part of, like, the role for some of those younger guys um, to go into the midfield a little bit more in their final game? I found it interesting, the whole move with him this year, because I I don't know whether his move back into the team coincided with them thinking, hey, we might make finals, so we're going to, like, shore things up with some some older heads, some strong bodies, or whether they made a flip and decided that Crouch is the future, which, you know, doesn't, to me, make a whole deal of sense. So the interesting thing with him is, despite his decent scoring, he is playing pretty low time on ground. So on the weekend, he played 65%, and then in the previous two weeks, just over 70%. Yep. So you kind of have that there as there's always a chance with those low time on ground guys that if they just have a little patch where they go missing, you might end up with a 60 or 70 and just not that opportunity to, like, flesh out the score a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I think for me, I'd be looking at... at your Laird, your Green, and your Clayton Oliver before I was looking at Crouch. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree. I'll throw some other sort of um, names that are a bit more out there. If Could you go a Libba straight away back off his concussion for a one-game do-or-die for the Bulldogs I guess Geelong? It, I guess it is do-or-die, so, you know, this potentially could come out and go massive. Um, I'm still going the other three before that. Yeah. So I'm still going Laird. Laird um, Trelaw? Uh, not... Going to be as good this week, I don't think, against Geelong as he was against West Coast. I don't think you're getting a one, another 140. What do you think? Yeah, I don't think so. Either. I think he's definitely a very match-up dependent kind of play um, in that one yeah. there. Um, those are kind of the main guys I want to just have a look at. I think. Um, yeah, I feel like Liberal will outscore Trelaw. You could go back to like Tuke Miller or someone like that versus North Melbourne. He had 118 last game. He just seems to be a bit more all over the place with his role. I think the way the But North Melbourne's a good matchup. It is the way the season's panned out. I, I would, I don't think there'd be a heap of teams that have Green, Laird, and Clary Oliver. Just the yeah. way those guys have come back from. So your answer is going to go to one of those. That's kind of where I think the default is. It's like yeah. you know, if there's a team that has all three of those, then you're in a pretty unique situation, aren't you? Because you know everyone's had to shift off those three guys at some point this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of defaulting to those guys. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, let's move on to the forwards there to finish off. And let's talk about let's talk about this guy here first because <laughs> this is the question that I think a lot of people have been eyeing off for a little while. I think we, we talked about it a fair while ago when he did kick his... Did he kick 10? Yeah. But Tex Walker, how much of a play is he actually? And is like in what situation are you doing this play? And, and what is your realistic expectations for Tex in this last game? Uh, it's it's like all or bust, isn't it? It and I think anyone going into this move knows that that's the case. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. I, I mean, you may get like a half decent score out of him, but if you get a half decent score, you're not happy. You want the you you're happy you want the with big, the one big score. Yeah, that's what you want. So so when do they play? They play the eight ten game on the Saturday. I'm just pulling up the Coleman uh, medal tally <laughs> at the moment. So he's on sixty seven. Charlie yep. Kerno is on seventy five, and so they obviously play the last game on the Sunday. So he's going to have to, to get the Coleman medal, he's going to have to at least kick eight to tie, nine to be ahead. Oh, and have Kerno not kick any. And have Kerno not kick any. So it's not all that realistic. Yeah, it's it's a little bit outside the realms, but, you know, like, why not go for it? There's a couple of things that I kind of am umming and ahhing about a little bit. Is like, firstly, 
West Coast won last week. <laughs> yeah, so, true, true. So are we talking about you know absolute shit kickers that everyone's been talking about, or are we taking, talking about a team that you know had a crack? Um, and it's then, at Optus as well. Just by yeah, the way. It's, it's, and the other thing it's on the away deck. The other thing too that I was thinking is is you know in their favour. Yeah, maybe Adelaide do come out with a point to prove and just absolutely go to town. But I think it's more. It would be more likely for him to have a huge bag at Adelaide Oval than yeah. it would be at Optus. I still I still shy away from this kind of a player because I it's situational. I think, isn't it? I, I think it is situational. I think it gets kind of romanticised a little bit because it worked those few years ago. Do you like my you what use word of use? Uh, romanticised. You were just smiling there. Um, oh, <laughs> anyway, um, but he. I, I feel like the the year that I think it was Jeremy Cameron yeah. um, did it, and he scored that one fifty. The guy was in second, captained him, won himself a car. It's it's a it's a fucking great story. Yeah. Um, and I think we we kind of cling to that, and that sticks in our memories a little while ago. But I, I don't know if those things. How often does that happen? Can lightning strike twice? You, um, well, it could, but. I think the the statistics or the odds would still say it's you're probably better off going for those midfielders with good matchups. Well, if you let's just yes or no, if you were in second and you were eighty points behind first, well, I think that it? the situation is right now that the second is like fifty points behind. So um, fifty points is you could make that up with a decent captain choice and and the other person getting a bit of a stinker. Yeah. Like, or would you? What would you do? Yes or no? Would you? Would you go for it? Would you go the Hail Mary? If I had someone bad to trade out, then yeah. But if I was happy with my forward line, like if yeah. I had like kind of the big forwards and there was no one really that I wanted to trade out. Like if you if you had um you know, Goulden, Rosie, uh Dunkley, Butters, Flanders, Taranto. Yeah. Like I'm I'm pretty happy with that. Like there's no one like I mean, maybe you could trade out a Tim Taranto versus Port Adelaide. It's, it's a ballsy move, and it's definitely something that could pay off for you because for Toronto's been subpar. For some of those better teams, it's not outside of the realms of possibility to um, trade in Walker as a 23rd player, is it? I just don't know. Yeah, actually, how much is he? That's a good, that's a good point. 700. 700,000. So, so, yeah, if you if you did have a 23rd premium... Could you loop him? That would 100% be a, a good play. That's could a, loop him if you had Vicentini. He plays on Sunday. Vicentini plays the Sunday. Some of those Swans guys play. Yeah. If you've still got a Matt Roberts and he's not there. Um, so, you like me, and you're still rolling with the Jackson Bins on the Carlton team. <laughs> the um, you could do that. So yeah, the, the the loop would be a great play actually. If you can make that work, I think that's a yeah. That's that would be my preference in terms of the way to go, uh, because we've seen people like yourself, you know, follow themselves trying to get that high upside play yeah. in a, in a zebel and didn't work out. But if you had the loop, you, you got the double shot kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 I don't think, know. I think you're doing it for the reason of the hail mary, like you're second and you're behind by fifty points, or you're in 110th position and you think that you might be able to get a hat or you yeah. know what I mean like otherwise I don't. I'd still rather try and get like a Clayton Oliver or a Tom Green because they those, could easily go massive too. those guys and, and they're not it's not like they're hugely popular either like some, yeah. a few of them are, are quite unique um, as well so that's still my preference at this stage but it could definitely yeah. be a play it's interesting and it's it's fun for everyone to talk about so. would you go Tex Walker over Sam Flanders who plays Gold Coast Oh, so not Gold Coast. He plays for Gold <laughs> he Coast. He's doing well to play Gold Coast. Um, but he plays, he plays North, North Melbourne. Uh, I actually think I'd rather go I'd, for Flanders. Yeah, I think so too. I, I mean, not because we think Flanders is going to kick 10 or anything like that, but... He's just, he's just 
racking it up at yeah. the moment. No, he's doing well. He's doing um, well. Thanks yeah. for reminding me, by the way. <laughs> Trade him back in. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, new coach to, to impress. New coach to impress, yeah. Last yeah. game to make that all that cash that he's got going to sign on the on the off-season. Pick me next year. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, personally, I think I'd go that way. But let us know down in the comments if you're doing the Tex Walker play. I think it would be, if nothing else, it'd be a fun game to watch and, and cheer him on. That's true. That's true. All right, well, that will do it for our trade targets. Now, I've snuck this extra little um, segment here okay. just because, you know, doing? there's a few people chasing cars and hats and things like that, but there's a few people, maybe like yourself, who are having a bit of an eye on 2024. We won't go yeah. into too much detail, I don't think, with these guys, but maybe just a bit of a list of some players that we're keeping an eye on for next year. And while, again, while it's fresh in our minds, how yeah. they've kind of finished this year, what are our expectations for them moving into next year? A lot can change. So it's it's kind of a, I can't be- a fun exercise here. I can't believe the name that you've got at the top of the list. I can't, I can't <laughs> Number believe- one, talking about defenders. Early picks, watch list for next year. Hayden Young. Hayden Fuck. Young. Hayden Young. <laughs> We've come full circle. We've Why? come full circle. Is this, is this 2023? <laughs> um, but midfielder. like Yeah, actually. And he looks good. I hate to say it, but if he sticks in that role, what's he? So, what's he going to be priced at? Likely, he'll be priced at basically the same eighty nine. I think he's averaged this season, so that'll be again. He's played, I think, the the full allotment of games, so that'll be his, um, yeah, a price stat figure next year eighty nine. And I, th- I actually think if if he's priced at eighty nine and he's in that role, I think he can average high nineties in that role. So he. So, what, is that enough value to pick? I think he started in? going to the midfield in round 20 from memory. So he's got 83, 119, 102, and 91. That's, That's at least a mid-90s player, right? Yeah, is that Low enough? If he's, if he's priced at 89, do you take five? We're going to lose a few defenders as well. We are, true. We're not going to have Doherty. We're not going to have Dacos. We're not going to have Dawson. Yeah, yeah. If, if I'm Freo and I've, seen, and I've seen what I've seen in the last four weeks, I'm playing him in the midfield next year. Yeah. You've got the option to use him as a tag or maybe... The thing yeah. that's impressed me the most is the tackling. Yeah. Because that's what I didn't think he had. No, I uh, thought he hated physical contact and, <laughs> and hated the ball, to be honest. But. No, it turns out he just hates Luke Ryan, I reckon. Just get him away from yeah, that, that yeah. fella. And Luke Ryan wasn't giving up his post back there, was he? <laughs> no, not at all. Um, so I think he's an interesting name to keep an eye on. Yep, yep. What about our boy Jaden Short? We just told everyone to trade him out. But man, Jaden Short is going to be—he's going to be priced juicily, and I think that um, Richmond is, Richmond's going to have a new coach. I don't—I don't feel like it'll be Mini McWalter. I don't think so either. And I'm really excited to see where they play Jaden Short in the preseason. So he's averaged 92 points for the season, which is a bit more than, than you thought. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's had a, a an injured game of 25 in there as well. But so he, he's a guy that at different stages we've talked about as being a top six potentially having that ability. He still had this season runs, 117, 123, 102, 113, 99, 102, 85, yeah. 103. Like, there's, there's a middle patch there from round six to round 14 where he's yeah. he's averaged, you know, 105 points there. So, um, so I still think that he's definitely someone that could be as good as sort of D1 or D2 on his day. Yeah. Um, so at 92... 92 is a bit to pay based on what we saw this year. probably be a D1. Yeah, I think it's a new coach factor and a close watch in the preseason is, yeah. is what I'll be sort of looking for. But uh, I would agree. Who else Who else you want to talk about, Mitch? We're getting in real early. <laughs> We're getting in early. Slipping in early. The iceberg. Himmelberg. Where's he going to play? That's the question well, because he, he's not, he hasn't signed a, his contract. 
I think is oh, the, so you the meant big where's thing. he going to play in terms of like what yeah, football club? Yeah, which football club and also which position? Because I hope he plays at a football club where he can just wax across the half back line. Yeah, well, look, even if he even if he is playing just the role he has been playing, he's averaged seventy two over the course of the season, and yeah. he's at least doing more than that. He's yeah, probably yeah, yeah. at least doing eighty five. Yeah, in, even if he's just doing what he's done. Um, but the X factor here is that I think he's out of contract, and he could potentially yeah. move clubs. My my gut feel is that he stays with GWS, and I think it has there, especially has there if been they any... make finals. I think that'll be that'll be a good. Yeah, has there been any news? I feel like it. I, feel like it... I might have missed it to be honest, but I don't think so. Well, hit I us hit us up like... if there is news. But I, for some reason, I just had him penciled in at GWS. So I don't yeah. know if I've seen it, seen something. But I, I knew the reason he was playing more defense is because they were trying to give him the position that he wanted to play, so yeah. he would re-sign with them. When him playing back there has coincided with the, the Giants playing really good footy at the back half of this year. So I think priced at 70, he's a guy that you have to look at next year, don't you? I, I would definitely I'm already agree. getting a little bit more excited talking oh, about next he's year. Nothing about Fuck this. this year, 2024, <laughs> let's go. I'm, I'm right. perked up now. Let's talk about some mids. I'm going to rattle off some names okay. a bit here. And you tell me the ones that interest you the most. Yep. Jack Steele, Tuke Miller, Sam Walsh, Callum Mills, Jai Simkin. Those are the names I've got here. Obviously, there's a few different price points at this at this end, but... So, maybe, maybe we start with these first three because they're probably more in a similar price yeah. bracket. Jack Steele, Tuke Miller, and Sam Walsh should all be priced in the 90s. They'll all be heavily considered. Um, Tuke Miller, new coach, but then I'm also like... Dimmer. Dimmer, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. What, what midfielder has averaged you know a decent score under Dimmer, which makes yes. me a little nervous. Although Taranto did pretty good under Dimmer this year. Let's, yeah. let's not forget that. That, that is true. That is true. Um, of those, the one I think I'm going to be looking most closely at is Sam Walsh because if he can get an uninterrupted stretch where... He's actually the name that, that jumps out at me too. He He's he's had an interesting old year because he had, he had a patch there where he absolutely killed it and I think he was on that ton run once he came back from injury and then inexplicably was just dog shit. He's had an interesting career so far. Because he, yeah, he, the year before, had a similar kind of thing. I think he had Cindus Moses yeah. um, going to the start of the um, the first round last year. So he, he's had multiple years where he's had you know interrupted pre-seasons and not been healthy and, and hasn't been... I don't think he's been there around one the last couple of years. So he is... Um, and he, he's the guy that's... he's. Coming up, he's 23 years old. He's, he's on the rise, where these other two are kind of plateauing, maybe potentially starting to come down. There's a few other um, names at the club, like Tuke, you've, you've got. Like, is Flanders going to be there? Um, no Anderson. Um, you know, all these other guys around in that midfield that potentially take a bit of points off him. Wait, who are we talking about? I was comparing Sam Walsh and Tuke, Tuke Miller. Versus Tuke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, what, um, what do you think? So, how do you think the, the back half of this year for Carlton has just been... Unbelievable and yes. in a good way. Yes, Walsh hasn't been there. Yeah, good flag. Yeah, good flag because obviously it's not been the kind of footy that's like let's get everyone thirty touches. Yeah, it's um been a bit team. more direct, um, and that's when his scoring has been poorer. So that to me is just a little bit of like a keep in mind, and also he's going to be yeah. priced at ninety five. Is that right? Or you know, there yeah, or thereabouts, about ninety five. So what do you expect him? You'd, you'd be wanting a one ten out of him at that. I think he'd be at least one hundred five. Yeah. So he's probably got at least 10 points. Yeah. Because he's be... got, like, what, an injured game in there as well. Um, I'd be nervous about that game plan a little bit because Carlton, if Carlton keep play, if Carlton play great footy to finish the year, they're not going to be changing much 
um, next year in terms that's, of... That's a very good point. Very good point. Um, Callum Mills and Jai Simkin, a little bit more on the cheapest side. Are we too scarred to go there? Man, uh, because Callum Mills, holy shit. Mills... He hasn't really inspired. <laughs> if you just look at his score, 51, 69, 117, 58, 98, 71. Based on his scores, priced at 80 is overs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Based true. On his year. Yeah, you look at that first half and you're like, mate, take us back to then. And even then we were saying, what's going on with Keller Mills? Yeah. He's yeah. got a three in his um in his average as well, so he's got some more natural inbuilt scoring. To me, I I actually just think this is a this is a lock. I'm gonna go ahead and say you're it. just locking it. I'm in. just locking this in because. Look, he's 26 years old. He's in the prime of his career. He plays it as, def- as a defender, and he's healthy, and he's got a full preseason. He smashes this, in my opinion. Absolutely smashes this. I know it's I know it's scarring. I know it's like right here, right now. He just scored a 51. <laughs> but I, I, I think he's he's still going to be good. Yeah, there's every chance I'll go there. But it, right at this point, it feels and looks stinky as. Yeah. What about Jai Simkin? He's, he's a little bit of a tougher read for me because um, he's... He's someone that we've kind of like pegged for breakout or like an improvement. I think he went back-to-back years averaging 91 or something like that in, in consecutive seasons. And then this year he's gone and he's averaged 73. So he's he's going to be a genuine mid-pricer yeah. in our midfield. Um, he's a guy that's more than likely to get higher CBAs, although number one picks, priority picks, all yeah, these sort of where things. Where does that leave him? You know, is he maybe someone? You know, Roy gave us the scoop at the start of the season. He was going to get less CBAs. He, he's still got a decent amount, um, but he's probably definitely behind like LDU, for example, in that midfield. Does well, Sheezel get more mid time? Like, yeah, he, I don't think I'd be going there. He's he's definitely someone that you, you're going to have to see something. Um, you couldn't just yeah look at the price and lock him in. Yeah, yeah, and even then, I th- I still think I'd be a little bit. I think there'll be there'll be hopefully mid prices are available that have more guaranteed. You know. Um, cash generation yeah. upside than yeah. he does. Yeah, not someone I'm locking in by any stage, but I still think a name to flag. And remember, let's talk about Rux. <laughs> Set and forget, right? Max Gorn, Brody Grundy. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that, that's going to be such an interesting debate, isn't it? Because if Grundy's playing at a different club, he's guaranteed the number one. I mean, he has to be and, playing at a different club. And right? go, yeah, well, I, I think so. Yeah. That's my opinion on it. Um, yeah, if they're both number one rocks, you've got to pick them, but then... Are you not picking English and Marshall? <laughs> I mean, they'd be expensive. They will be. They'd be very expensive. English is nearly, what, 120, right? That's true. I guess you... So, that's interesting because you can get a set and forget combo that could give you what English and Marshall have given you this year, but for just such a heavy discount. So, I think you have yeah, to. Yeah. Look, I, won't, I don't expect Grunny to bounce back and be a, a one... Be what he was. 10, 115 guy. I think he's probably more closely, you know, like that 100 kind of a guy. Um Almost best case scenario, but his price is seventy five. It's pretty cheap. Seventy five. I already um, told you, but I'm, next year I'm going to go super vanilla. I'll wait to see what everyone else tells me to do, and then I'll, <laughs> and then I'll just do that. Copy base. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think uh, that's the early that's the early favorite for me in terms of like the most popular rock combo is that Gorn Grundy combo. We're going back to Gorndy. Um <laughs> But maybe maybe you do pat for one of those other other rucks in there. And the forwards, few names again. Our boy Flanders. What's he going to be? Or my boy Flanders. Yeah, yeah, um, correct. We said before, talking about Jack McRae, look, he's probably going to be a forward again. I guess, depending on what happens in the off-season, he's going to be someone we have to look at. What's he actually, what's he average this season? Let me have a look, see what his price is going to be. If he priced at about 91, 92, that almost isn't cheap enough. 
Yeah, Based on what we've seen, hey? I don't think so. It's been rubbish. And we we and a lot of other people talked about in the preseason about the doggies carousel and, and what's going to happen with Bevo. It's a nightmare. And we've seen it again this year. So, like, at what point do you learn and go, like, you, you just cannot pick a dog unless it's, you know, Bont and then maybe Liver and, and actually trust a, a role? Yeah. Like, yeah. I have much more confidence in his teammate, Bailey Smith, than I do... Jack McRae. Priced a lot cheaper too. He's priced about 10 points cheaper. Yeah. Um, he's also 22 years old. We were too early on on, on, on <laughs> Bally Smith. Oh, I'm convinced. I'm convinced that we we're a year too early. And next year is the year. We're going to pay 20, 20 points cheaper next year than we would than we did at the start this of this year. year. And we were we were suckers. We were, we were such suckers. Um, I reckon we're going to be suckers again next year. Yeah, I'm going to be a sucker again. A uh, little smoky here that I'm... I'm I don't know if this is a hot one, but Ben Hobbs. Hobbs, you reckon? What do you reckon about Ben Hobbs as a... Is it his third year? Let me double check. He's, He's got some scoring potential. Um, I love the way he goes about scoring in terms of just bobbing up for marks. He tackles hard. Yeah. He gets the pill. And when you owned Third him, year, yeah. Third year breakout. You owned him earlier in the season. He had the low time on ground, but when he was on there, he really knew how to fight Rats it. it up, yeah. Yeah. And I if think- Essendon disappoint the end of this season... Um, maybe there is a switch up coming more in their midfield. Maybe you don't see, you know, Parish in there quite as much. You don't see, you know, some of those uh, other guys in there. And, is and Parish more of a run? Is Parish signed yet? Uh, I'm not 100 sure. Probably, probably not after this weekend. <laughs> yeah, well, wait a little bit longer. Um, so yeah, like I think that Ben Hobbs is definitely someone to keep your eye on because I actually think his scoring potential is is pretty up there and um, price at 76. I think he's a guy who could easily do 90s, at least. Yeah, not a bad shout. We'll watch him closely. But that's our uh, way too long segment on the uh, 2024. We get too excited. Uh, the show's how much I've watch. checked out. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you got up for that. Uh, but that might, um, that might do it for yeah. us. This is, um, is going to be our second last show for the season. We're going to do one more show on Friday. So make sure you guys are there live, 4.30 on Friday afternoon for our final show of the year. Um, won't be doing a, a, a round review or a season review next week. We'll leave all that stuff. This is kind of it, really. Yeah, <laughs> was leave, it today? Leave it open to the imagination. Uh, leave it open to the imagination. We'll let you guys celebrate and uh, or you know drown yourself in in, <laughs> in beers afterwards, just to uh, forget that season that was if it wasn't a good one for you. But make sure you guys are there for our final show on Friday live to give us your comments, questions, and talk big boys. But until then, guys, we'll catch us later. Bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.